You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. All right. Welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with, well... Today's guest is an incredible traveler. Jen Ruiz is a lawyer turned full-time travel blogger and author. She is a five-time Amazon best-selling author, a three-time TEDx speaker, and multi-award-winning travel journalist. She has been featured by The Washington Post, Forbes, and ABC News, and is the solo female traveler behind Jen on a Jet Plane. What a fun brand name. And as a fellow traveler, you can see why I've been really excited to welcome Jen on the show. How are you, Jen? I'm good, Noah. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Amazing. So, um, yeah, let's, for the, for the listeners out there, I mean, wow, what a cool story. What, you know, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do outside of that bio. Sure. So I currently live in Puerto Rico. I am a full-time digital entrepreneur. So I have books that I write. I do social media management and consulting, public speaking, and it's, It's just been a really interesting change of pace from the really regimented, rigid, you know where you're going to be exactly in 10 years kind of lifestyle that I was living as an attorney to now where I'm not really even 100% sure what's going to be happening six months from now. And so it's interesting, but has been a nice change of pace because I, I like it. I actually find that I like the spontaneity and not knowing what destination I might go to next or what brand might contact me next. Like every day that I open my inbox is exciting because there could be something really, you know, big happening. And so it has been a different type of lifestyle and it's required getting used to being on my own with making income, being confident about my income making skills and being okay with, you know, fluctuations in what's coming in. And so that I think is the biggest impediment to people making the change because they like the security of being at a salary position. But I found that being a digital nomad entrepreneur, somebody who can just kind of pick up and go as I please has been more than, you know, a reward in and of itself. This lifestyle is something that I always dreamed of and something I never had because as a lawyer, you're in a very tight box and there's somebody who's locking your hours and there's, you know, just, it's such a strict profession. And so I never have to deal with any of that now. I make a schedule of my own choosing. And that's what I love most about the career path I'm on. Incredible. And I'm sure there had you had to have had a lot of courage to take that leap and make this big change. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that story. But do you have a story that you want to share of a, of a time that you did actually have to, uh, while chasing a big dream of yours, maybe you had to face some adversity and and you went forward anyway? Sure. So before I made that switch, I had a self-proclaimed year of adventure, where as I was reaching 30, you know, a big milestone birthday, and you try to assess, am I where I want to be in life? Have I done all the things I wanted to do in my quote unquote youth, you know, your young 20s. And so I actually took on a challenge to take 12 trips in 12 months 
the year before my 30th birthday. And that was part of what sparked my career transition. And so during that year, I had crazy adventures. So many of them come to mind. Uh, Since you mentioned that you are going to be going to Ecuador soon, I actually can't get one out of my mind specifically. I was in Baños, Ecuador, which is very well known for its adventure offerings. And I love a good adventure, but the ones that require kind of minimal skill on my behalf, like if I had to pick on the hierarchy of like tubing, snowboarding and skiing, like I'm a definite tuber, right? Like I just want to sit there and enjoy the lovely mountain and, you know, the wind across my face, but without actually having to exhibit any real like skill or work or, you know, exertion. So I had that in mind when I went to Banos, but Banos had something very different in mind, just in every turn and that I took. And so one of the activities particularly was rappelling. And I don't know why I thought rappelling would be like, that sounds easy, right? Like throw a rope over a mountain and just like climb on down. Um, Just the same way that monkey bars seem easy now, like, because you think about them as a child, but then when you try them as, as an adult on an obstacle course, you realize that they're actually ridiculously challenging and you can't get past the first monkey bar. And so there's a lot of things that you don't, you underestimate. And that was the case for me with rappelling. And so we had gone down this, I guess, six waterfall journey. And halfway down the first waterfall, I wasn't even the first person to go. Somebody else had gone safely before me. You know, I'd scoped it out, never the first. And halfway down, I got the entire like I just slipped and the whole force of the waterfall fell on my head and I just felt it and I immediately got nauseous and panicked. And I picture myself with like my legs dangling somewhere protruding from the stream of a waterfall um, while I'm making gurgled screaming sounds. And, (laughs) and so I managed to somehow, I, I mean, I tried with every strength that I had in me to just like kind of reposition myself. And then I guess eventually they saw that I was in need of assistance. And so they just slowly started lowering me down. And I naturally thought that would be the end of the rappelling journey. But the only way out at this point, having gone down the first one was to continue down five others. And like the first one was just an introduction that was supposed to be the easy one. And so I had to just somehow get through the remainder of those waterfalls. I don't, the rest of it, I feel like I almost blacked out. I remember I was really grateful that the water was so cold because I kept splashing it on my face to like keep me there. Um, But it was one of those things where at the end, I just realized like I can do hard things, right? Like I can challenge myself. And uh, there are people there who were helping me every step of the way who took it slower because of me. And ultimately it's a memory that I, that I did that. I did repelling down six waterfalls waterfalls in Ecuador. So um, there's a lot of travel that maybe doesn't go the way that you expect, or that maybe you underestimate how much of a challenge it can be, but it's always really rewarding to see your way through that challenge and to have the memory afterwards. Mm, yes, absolutely. That's it's the, the experience and the memory is so vivid, you know, for so many years to come when you're out of your comfort zone, you're doing amazing things and you can have the story to share with all that detail it's almost like we were there with you under the waterfall. I mean, how cool is that? And I'm glad you survived to tell the tale. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about what you're, what you're really looking forward to. Um, 
with the future. I know this is a time that a lot of people are not traveling, but you've kind of built your brand around travel. What are the trends that, and you could take this the other way, like what are you maybe something that alarms you about the future? Sure. Well, I think that there is a return to travel bigger and better than before because people are just ready for it, right? I think in general, with all aspects of life, you can only lock people down for so long before they start to get desperate. And uh, I think travel in particular is something that people took for granted before and now won't because they've been rediscovering local places. And that was nice. But I think more than ever now, we're going to see the desire to make those big bucket list trips because they haven't had a chance, because it's been off limit, because it's been the forbidden fruit. And so I really think we're going to see people wanting to cross off world wonders, wanting to go to Antarctica, you know, wanting to take that river cruise in Norway and do these big experiences. I think we're going to see people going solo. So a lot less hesitation to go and more just like I'm going that it. It's booked and I'm going to make it happen. Um, I think we're going to see in, you know, lots of different airlines, uh, uh, as we always see an influx of new budget airlines, airlines that are closing down, airlines that are, you know, defunct. So I think we're going to always see that influx. But so long as we have different ways to travel internationally affordably, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And if you're a U.S. citizen and you have access to credit cards, that is your secret sauce. And that's not going anywhere. So I would highly recommend that you take advantage of points and miles to get free award travel. And yeah, so in general, I expect maybe as we return to tourism in a sustainable way, we are going to see changes that were not there before. For instance, Venice is instituting tickets now, day passes that you have to have to enter the city. So I think we're going to see measures to limit crowds and the effects that over-tourism has had on different destinations. But hopefully that's not so prohibitive that you still can't access these places with proper planning. Mm, Yeah, incredible. And so I, you know, I would love to dive into some of the the very practical travel advice because that's kind of you know something that you have all over your Instagram and um, but I I don't want to also skip the like the nice entrepreneurial and personal growth stuff so we'll start with the we'll start with the fun travel practical tips um, you mentioned some credit cards what's your favorite travel hack that you want to share Definitely award travel is something that I feel not enough people understand. And it doesn't even have to be with a travel specific credit card. You can get points and miles just for online shopping through airline portals. If you have an American Airlines loyalty program, right? And you're part of that. You can click through the American Airlines shop and you can get points for things that you buy online. And then you can start accruing those points for free awards. I think that's some of the most underutilized benefits and ways that people have to travel affordably. Um, Beyond that, I love flight alerts because I think so many people work hard to set up tracking systems to really kind of search crazy for flights. And then while they're searching, the price is going up and it becomes a mad hunt to find, you know, affordable things. And so I like flight alerts because it's other people doing the work for you. And then they email you when there's a deal. And so I think it's the most convenient, easy, a quick way for anybody who just wants a quick win. Most of them have free trial programs. I really enjoy Scott's cheap flights. I've been a long time customer. And so 
his, I, I get constant flight alerts every single day, about 10 different deals, destinations all over the world. And so I would never, ever personally pay more than a thousand dollars round trip for an economy flight to somewhere that's not really ridiculously amazing. And um, usually it's more around the three or $400 range because of those flight alerts. So those are some of my favorite deals. And I think that there's other ways that you can even hack luxury things. So for instance, um, lately, these shared private jet services have become more popular. So brands like JSX have started offering different ways that you can fly private. You can skip the airport and you can take these kind of short routes through the West Coast. I think we're going to see more of those pop up. So there's lots of different ways that you can save money. And just because you're saving money doesn't mean that you have to be scrimping, doesn't mean you have to be denying yourself, doesn't mean you have to be staying at a hostel. You can still really be living a lush luxury travel life. So... Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when it comes to on, like, for example, when like for Scott's, Scott's cheap flights, I loved it when I was in one place. What's the best thing for if you're bouncing around and you're sort of flying as a, like a nomad now? Like, what would you recommend for one of these flight alerts? So I use Scott's cheap flights a lot for U.S.-based departures, and many of them work vice versa. So it'll also work, let's say, from the destination that you're looking at coming back to the U.S. So that's a possibility as well. Um, But for international flights, there's lots of other flight alert programs that I think are just better targeted for that, like secret flying, um, like IWantThatFlight.co.uk uk or au or one of those um so i have a list of i think eight different flight alert programs for people who are based outside of the u.s that i prefer and i'm happy to share that with you if you want to include that in um, the show notes but in general i think those are some good places to start um yeah so there's i just think finding flight alerts that are specialized to places outside of the u.s otherwise if you are based in the u.s I do not like to limit myself and I will get all the airports because if there's a $70 flight from New York to Tokyo, I will get myself to New York. That is not a problem. <laughs> I will figure that out, but yes. I don't want to miss out. <laughs> you know, I don't want to miss that notification because I, I set to only receive notifications from my local airport. So I keep that wide and I get all the U S notifications for the really great deals and mistake fares. And then I feel like if you're based outside the U S it's, you can use Scott's cheap flight as well. I think he, he has deals worldwide. Um, but there's also other programs as well. If you want to just cast the widest net possible. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for uh, diving in there. Okay. So let's, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about some tips for people that are reaching for their dreams. Cause that's really the theme of this, of this show. Like how do you develop more courage and then how do you, you know, use decision-making frameworks to think outside of the box and create a life that you want. And so you've kind of done that and on your entrepreneurial journey, like creating the life that you want. What, you. what tips or advice would you, would you share for people that are embarking on their own sort of mission to discover that? First and foremost, I would ask you to really sit with yourself and listen to the little voice that you try to stifle or ignore or just stuff down when you're going through your routine and doing all the mundane things that you don't like to do. And what it is that you keep getting called back to do? Because if you can't forget about something, if you keep having this idea, this urge, this inclination, it's probably because that's more of a calling. So for me specifically, that was writing uh, a memoir. And that's something that I'm pursuing 
doing currently that I went through the path of getting traditionally published, even though I've self-published five books already and they've done really well. But I knew that I, I just couldn't get that off of my mind. And so I feel like if you have something that is something that you're constantly feeling pulled to, that's for a reason. And it's probably a good place to start. I think from there, it helps to have a proof of concept. And it's not hard to get digitally nowadays because so many people are working remotely. So at the time that I was doing this, it was crazy to think that um, you could make money online or that law, law could be done remotely, right? This traditional field. And then the pandemic comes and all of a sudden, everything legal is online. Like everybody's getting arraigned over Zoom. Um, and turns out you can do literally everything over the computer. And most lawyers I know have not left their homes in the last two years. And so it's actually like everybody thinks it's impossible until it's done. And so I would just ask you to think about what it is that you are wanting to accomplish what it is that you want in your day-to-day. Like for me, freedom was a big motivator for pursuing this lifestyle because I knew that I didn't want to respond to anybody. I didn't want to have anybody clocking my hours or putting red pen over my work. Like I just wanted to be free to create and be a professional in my own right. So what is it that you're seeking? What is it that you're feeling that you're lacking? And then kind of test the waters and see how you and monetize online. For me, I found that I could teach English online. That was something that I did in the mornings before going to work. And it showed me that you know, digital work does exist, not the type that I maybe want to pursue long-term, but enough that I could be getting paid online to do work. That's, you know, legitimate real money comes from the computer who knew. And so, (laughs) and then beyond that, when I self-published, I saw that I could actually make money from my brand and I could start getting money from the, the work that I have been doing and building Jen on a jet plane and make travel a profession, but that didn't come immediately. And it took some figuring out things, some stumbling, some rebranding, attending conferences, networking, you know, just a bunch of things along the way that were actually a fun part of the process. So I think don't be scared to nurture your interests on the side, because it's not something that has to grow to a full-time job overnight. And don't be scared to try new things, to do something that maybe you haven't seen succeed before, because you are feeling called to try it, right? Like this is a time of innovation, a time where you can really succeed doing things online. There's all, I mean, there has been so many crazy things that people have done for money on the internet. You never know. So don't let anybody tell you you can't Uh, (laughs) and, and just go from there. But if you're really feeling called for it, If you go to work every single day and you can't get your mind off of like, I really wish I was somewhere else doing something else. And specifically this one thing that I'm really passionate about, then just start working on that little by little. And I think that you can take the time to refine your business strategy, to get the right connections, to learn more as you go and eventually make that switch to having that be your full-time job. Amazing advice. Very well-spoken and well-said. It's it's just so, I think if you're on the fence about whether or not you should take your journey, uh, take this path on your journey, I think you can go back and re-listen to Jen three or four times there. And just, uh, you know, whenever you feel lost, I think that's that's all you got to hear. That's just so powerful. Um, so Very Jen, kind. one of Thank the you. other things I, I love to talk about on this show is just the power of decisions. And uh, this could be all the, the decisions that we make in our daily life. Um, 
in particular, I like to hear how other people approach their daily decisions. Do you have a decision-making framework or a mental model that you found to be particularly uh, meaningful or, or useful? And, and why does this hold meaning for you? I have a magic eight ball. <laughs> right um, I do kind of tend to leave things up to fate. If it's a small decision that I feel like I'm stuck between, do I go or do I not go? Should I RCP or should I not RCP? I try to not get too hung up on those things and just like leave it up to fate. I'll put like yes or no, I'll pick one and I'll go with that. Um, but for the bigger decisions in terms of path and what I want to do and where I'm heading and, and kind of where things are going, I try to constantly have my goals down. So I usually every single day rewrite my goals because there's something about putting pen to paper that just helps solidify it in your mind. And so I like to have short-term goals. I like to have personal goals. You know, I like to have fitness goals, nutrition goals, and I just like to write these things down. And so that really helps me hone in what it is I need to be doing if I want to make these goals happen. And so having that focus helps me narrow down kind of what decisions I need to be making. And then beyond that, I, I tend to leave a couple of things up to fate. Like even with travel, if I see that there's a really good deal somewhere, um, I'll be like, oh, maybe that's a sign that I should go there, even if it wasn't originally on my radar. Like, there's a really great deal. I shouldn't pass that up. You know, I hadn't thought of it before, but why not? What do I lose? And so I think to a certain extent, I like to play that game with the universe and to see what the universe throws my way and to just kind of go with the flow and experience life in that serendipitous manner. But also I do like to have my own goals that I'm assessing and hopefully having some progress made towards them, even if they're not immediately realized. I love that. And you know, it's so powerful that, that being in the moment, like you said, this is, this is a new, a new path in your life after being stuck in the, in the rigidity of the corporate world. Um, and now being open for all this stuff. I had one thought, thought that came to mind. I had a, a friend was talking to me about this, uh, recently while you're traveling, how do you balance the, this aspect of being present versus capturing material? You know, if, if you're, you know, you're while you're traveling, you feel like you have to take a picture of everything and then you sometimes forget to be in the moment and flowing. Oh, tell me about it. It is really challenging, especially if you want to take the content in multiple forms. So now you have the vertical video and the horizontal video and then the photo of it. And so then once you're doing all this, then you can bite into the food that now at this point is cold. And if it's something that just happens the one time, like you're SOL, you got to pick your medium and you're going to experience it through the screen. Like somebody um, like lighting something on fire or something like that, that'll only happen. Like they're not going to redo it. And so you kind of just have to pick and go. And it does get frustrating to think like I have to watch this like through the screen like craning your head around the phone to see what you can see in real life but also feeling like you have to get that so it that is the problem when you make your passion into your job and so that's something you have to think about not everything that you enjoy has to be something that you monetize because when you monetize it it becomes your job and so maybe you really like home decorating but you don't want to be a home decorator because now you have to worry about every picture that you post being super posh and you know everything that you do reflecting that you're this really stylish person and so maybe you like home decorating and you're good at 
at it, but it doesn't mean that you have to monetize it and that that has to be your brand. And so I think that that's something that you have to consider because it can be a kind of downfall where it's hard to draw that line. And I do try to take trips that are just for enjoyment. And I will have moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to allow myself tonight to just enjoy. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up early and try to get content. I just rented an Airbnb here locally. And that was how I decided to enjoy it. Cause there's this beautiful hot tub and the sunset. And I felt inclined to get pictures because I'm like, this is only, I'm only going to have the sunset for so long. And you know, it's, I'm only gonna have the one sunset it's overnight. So I'm going to miss it. And so I can enjoy the sunset in the pool or I can try and take pictures. And then ultimately I was like, you know what? Daytime pictures are just as good as sunset pictures. Like it's not going to make a difference. I'm just going to, I'm going to enjoy the pool. I'll do this in the morning. I love it. Yeah. There's always another opportunity. If you are enjoying Mm -hmm. it, savor it. It's beautiful. So Jen, I, I really enjoyed this conversation and just getting to know you. It's just been such a blast. How do our listeners stay in touch with you? How do they support you? Absolutely. So you can find me at jenonthejetplane.com and on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, under that same handle at jenonajetplane. And you can find my books at Amazon under Jen Ruiz. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Noah. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. With that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.